What's Good Friends List episode 116 of the Game Pass Gamecast coming at you. The internet has never shied away from the rumor mill, not to mention leaks galore, so it comes to little surprise that a recent list of potentially upcoming games was leaked via a data mine of NVIDIA's popular streaming service GeForce Now. But how legitimate is the list? So, this week, we break down the recent report of potentially unannounced games coming to PC via datamined info from NVIDIA's popular streaming platform, and what this could mean for PC gamers all around the world. Just how speculative is this list? Does the line between leaking and properly informing the masses get blurred for the right reasons? We break it all down for you. Plus, the Master Chief Collection's upcoming Season 8 will be its last in 2021. We give our first impressions of Arcane's newest release in Deathloop and much more. Coming up on the newest jam-packed episode of the Game Pass Gamecast. <laughs> now the fun begins. Bridget. Welcome back to another episode of the Game Pass Game Cash Your weekly go-to podcast for all things Xbox, Xbox Game Pass, and of course PC gaming, including news, rumors, and conversation around them damn good video games. You can catch new episodes of the show when they drop each and every Friday morning on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all other major podcast services. So be sure to subscribe to us, rate us, review us, all that jazz. I tell you every week that stuff goes a long way. So go ahead and do that if you don't mind. And if we're on a platform that you use, or we're not on a platform that you use, let me know. We'll get on there. We're still, even though it's like two plus years now, we're still getting getting it out there, you know? Anyways, and follow us on Twitter at GPGC Podcast to stay up to date with everything regarding the show, video games like, and of course, our dope giveaways. I'm your host as always, Travis White, aka Travless on most internet platforms. Joining a, joining me as always, I should say, my co-pilot, my partner in crime, Mike P-Pack. Mike, the age-old questions. What's good? What's going on? And of course, most importantly, because I mean, nothing else matters. Video games are life, you know, gamer life, as, they, <laughs> as the kids say. I don't think any fucking kids say that. <laughs> what have you been playing? So the three age-old questions, what's good, what's going on, and what have you been playing, my friend? Yeah, for me, um, not much has changed, not much is going on, um, but I have been playing a little bit of Halo here and there, um, but I've been playing um, Hunt Showdown some more because mm -hmm. of the new um, season. It's almost over, like the new event, so I've mm -hmm. been getting a little bit of Hunt in. Um, just played a few Hunts last night real quick before I went to bed, and then outside of that, I have been playing um, a little bit of like console stuff, like sports games, NHL, uh, Madden, and whatnot. But I've also been enjoying um, a mod. Well, it's kind of a mod, technically, I, I guess. It's on ModDB. But it's kind of a combination of all, like, the original Rainbow Six games and Eagle Watch, which is the expansion. Mm -hmm. And then Rogue Spear, which is effectively Rainbow Six 2. Mm -hmm. um, but it had the name Rogue Spear and all the expansions on that, including the Korean game, because there was a game that was created specifically for consumption in Korea. Mm -hmm. um, that expansion is included in that, and it's called um, Rainbow Six Rogue Spear Black Ops. Ooh. And it has, uh, it's well, it's called Rainbow Six Black Ops, and it has an easy interface that has every single game available right inside of one game. Uh, and the 
guy who worked on it, um, a gentleman from Italy, kind of touched up some of the um, features as far as just like visuals. Um, some of that stuff has been touched up just a tad. And then also he rebounds some guns and added some guns and things of that nature. So it's just a different mm-hmm. uh, a different way to take in all those games. And I've only played just a little bit of it just to test it and see what it, what it actually played like. Uh, so I was excited for that. Nice, nice, dude. Yeah, I was going to say, you hit me up and Adam the other day to try to play that, and uh, just with some family stuff going on, I, I haven't had a chance to install it or try to get it working on my PC, but I do want to, because I think that'd be really fun to play. I love Rogue Spear, I love Rainbow Six in general, uh, especially when we jump in there on the old Voobly and stuff, the old back-end way of doing playing that game currently. Um, yeah, I, I'm definitely going to end up installing that and getting that squared away and getting on that in general because goddamn is that fun when we play that game <laughs> yeah it's definitely a good time yeah it's always fun to go back especially too with the dedicated uh discord uh channel that is out there uh really to get games going and stuff like that um it's really nice just to be able to kind of still have a group out there who will hop on and play even if it's only a handful of people it's it's still people out there who will play that game and keep that game alive even at such a small level it's it's always good to have that. So on my end, um, kind of been a hodgepodge of stuff in general. Um, just like I said, I had some family stuff going on. Haven't had really the chance to actually play a ton of games this week. Um, but I had to make sure, obviously, well, one, two, still on the Destiny grind. Uh, going through uh, the newest season right now, I think I'm only like a quarter of the way through just because, like I said, family stuff going on. Hadn't had a chance to play a ton. Um but going through, I uh, actually jumped on stream the other night and played for a little bit because uh, I'd like to get back into streaming. Got a new uh, Elgato Keylight that I've been trying to test out. But um, once things kind of settle down with my personal life, uh, I'm hopefully going to get back on their stream and everything like that and um, play more Destiny on stream and just str- stuff in general. But um, was able to jump on there. We got three exotics in one like two hour stream, which was really good. Um, so that was really nice to be able to jump in there and do that. But um, I did jump in to Deathloop, um, picked it up, playing it on PC, obviously, um, just for the show's sake, um, plus two, I like, um, especially a lot of Arcane's games, um, as a fan of them in general, I like playing them on PC, uh, just for the nature that these games are, specifically Dishonored, uh, and this game takes a lot of inspiration specifically from movement and ability use and things like that um just the flow of game is very similar to dishonored in a lot of ways um with a little more action i would say from a you know gun standpoint and gunplay standpoint um and combat in general but uh and there's not as much emphasis on stealth and different things like that but plays very similar in a lot of ways to dishonored um so i wanted to play on mouse and keyboard because i feel really comfortable playing those games in that fashion um but I don't want to say I'm ready to give like a review on it. Um, I've only played maybe about three hours of it um, just because I also wanted to try it. Um, I wanted to see if it would actually um, I'd be able to stream it, not stream like Twitch, but like game stream it um, using Steam Link or at least using Moonlight or something like that on my TV. Um, So because Molly was kind of interested in it as well. that's why I kind of debated on going if I wanted to play it on console on my PS5 or play it on PC and ultimately on PC uh, for the reasons, like I said. But um, really, in general, 
like I said, I'm only about three hours in. Uh, next week, I'm planning on doing much more of a deeper review. I'd like to get Adam on the show, actually, because he's already put, like, he's went heavy with the game. He's put, like, 20 hours into the game already and just released the other day. So, like, he's heavily playing this game, if not more now, um, and seems to really dig it and gotten his teeth into it. But I'd like to bring him on if we can, uh, just to kind of get another perspective on it. But, yeah, next week, I'd like to give a much more fuller review, like I said, I don't want to give it a review, but more so in progress or even like, if you want to call it preview or first impressions, how about that? Um, really digging it so far. Um, I The one thing I was hesitant with PC was there was supposedly an issue with the anti-piracy aspect of the software that it has built into it um, that caused a lot of people to have stuttering issues. Um, but it seems like that's been fixed or addressed or maybe only happening to certain you know whether it's gpus or cpus um but it seems like it's overall fine on my end i have no issues on that it runs totally fine at ultra at 1440 that i run it at and you know it runs perfectly fine um but in general the crux of the game with built around time loops um and we've gotten a lot of that in gaming i feel right now is time loops and based around restarting a time loop or breaking out of a time loop, I should say. And as I said, we just recently got 12 minutes. Um, and while I think they handle that concept really well, I was worried that I'm going to be, I was going to get really kind of tired of it, of the, cause that was another big thing that I didn't like about 12 minutes. And I, like I said, only a couple hours in, I haven't, I haven't had the chance really for it to get tiring yet. So it very well may be by next week when I talk about this. But the the way that they handled this time loop and more of the linearity that goes with it, I think benefits it well. There's still a lot of, it's very much, while it is linear, it almost reminds me of Gears 5 with how their campaign is, where, yes, you're in one specific area. And you can go to specific areas and do whatever. And this one specific area is self-contained. But it is very expansive it may be one path but it is very the path is very very wide um and you're in you know you're encouraged to go back and you know go through and explore or take your time and explore but the big thing with completing completing a section or one area that you're in and keeping the loot that you have at the end in terms of your guns or abilities or slates that you pick up and getting back to your base pretty much making sure like a run quote unquote run, if you want to call it getting back and securing those items that you could use the next, you know, for the next time you go out is a big crux of it. So it's, it's built around coming and going and going back there and stuff like that. But the way that they handle this is really, I think going to not push as many people off with this game. Um, because I, I always think repetitiveness when you think of time loops, like I said, that tore me off of, 12 minutes because it truly didn't it was mostly you're just not in the sense of oh you try stuff to fail it's so dry this and that there's much more expansiveness with this game that i think lends itself well to getting in there and doing that um i really like the writing and specifically the dialogue and the personality that colt has uh the main protagonist that you play as um against juliana i think they pair really well who is the woman who's trying to kill you um every time that you are out and about uh, and you're trying to hunt down uh 
these visionaries that are out there. Uh, the big thing with the game is you kill all eight visionaries, you break the loop, uh, and you need you don't have any memory and this and that. Very, I don't want to say stereotypical, but very much so what you would expect with a game like this. Um, but it's very interesting how each one has, because there will be times where you go through and you, you know, kill off one person like that, or one of the visionaries like that after a while. And then you'll figure out certain ways around that area that you're in and out and moving on. Um, it's really interesting on how they handle that. And I think they handle it really well that it plays, it, it encourages you to invest into the flow of the game. Um, and I think it's built for you to really binge this game at times, like binge sessions of this game. Like it is built around getting in there and playing for six to eight hours. Like it, it, it has that staying power with it. So like I said, I'm only a couple hours into it. I'm going to go much deeper into it hopefully next week. And like I said, hopefully getting Adam on uh, to talk about this, um, you know, schedule pending, but um, who would have thought that, the idea for Groundhog Day would be so right. good later. You know, I mean, everyone, I mean, a lot of people have seen the movie Groundhog Day. If you haven't, it's a pretty good flick. Mm-hmm. Not just saying that because it's, it's kind of local and fucking see, but yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, and Bill Murray's thought, the goat. So yeah. Who would have thought that like some, such a simple concept of like, you fucked up, you're not mm-hmm. living your life correctly. You're not leaving until you get it right. Type thing is like so popular today in video games, but it does seem like it's like, Definitely, I mean, with Deathloop, I haven't played it yet, so I can't I can't say for sure, but I will say that, that like, there is, I, I feel like you have legitimate reason for concern for thinking, like, are we starting to beat this horse? You know, like, is this starting to be dead? Are we starting, you know, what's, what's going on here? I could see why that would be a concern, but mm-hmm. um, I think, like you were saying, that with this game in particular, it does seem like it it does work out pretty well, so. Yeah, and and the thing, too, is I didn't even really touch on the multiplayer end of this. There, I shouldn't say multiplayer, but you could play as... Air quotes. Yeah, <laughs> air quotes, multiplayer. There, um, there is a specific mode that you can go into. Like, when you first boot up the game, there's the option break the loop, or I think it's like enforce the loop, or keep the loop, or something like that. Um, and you could either play as Colt, the main storyline of the game, and go through and try to break the loop, or you could play as Juliana. And you have to get past a certain point in the game, like the tutorial-esque area of the game, until you unlock playing as Juliana. But you can go in and invade other players' games while they're playing, as long as they have online, you know, functionality turned on, uh, because you could do friends only as well, um, but, or just turn it off completely, and uh, CPU Juliana will come through, and or uh, computer... Uh, Juliana will come through and try to kill you but you can invade other people's games randoms games friends games whatever as them and try to kill them and keep the loop so it's really cool on that end now granted a lot of people were bitching because <laughs> you know and, and understandably so I get it but it, it it's like how much what kind of hill do you want to die on but uh, some people were had an issue with oh I'm trying to play this game on you know launch day or you know this weekend launch weekend and I have people who reviewed the game or played it early or this and that coming through as Juliana and just owning my shit because they have, they beat the game. They have all the weapons that you could ever want, you know, all the abilities unlocked and this and that, like, and they come through and just wreck my shit. And it's like, okay, now I got to start over. I lost all this shit. Like, so it's, 
I get it, but it's like, eh, what kind of hill do you want to die on? But I, I get the frustration. But it it is really cool on that end. And I have, like I said, have not touched it at all. I've been more focused on, hey, I want to get in and actually sit down and play the main game of, game of this and enjoy this. Um, so then I could, you know, obviously give a full review on the show. Uh, but hopefully, like I said, by next week we can get in and do that. But I haven't had any inclination of feeling of, hey, this is this is going to burn me out. This this approach to Groundhog's Day is going to burn mm-hmm. me out because the approach that twelve minutes took, I wasn't crazy about. Um, it didn't do enough narratively that it really leaned on that narrative, but the narrative to me wasn't strong enough to really justify the "Hey, you're just going to beat your head against a wall until you figure this out" kind of approach. Where yeah, and you were someone who was like super high on twelve minutes. Oh my god! Like, yeah. I remember when they first showed the trailer, you were you were big on it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I was. I mean, not to mention, obviously, the, the, um, the, like, what the game was in general, the, the elevator pitch of the game that was out there, and obviously the voice cast that they got, a stellar cast of James McAvoy, Daisy Ridley, Willem Dafoe, you know, like, getting all those people, like... Don't call him Dafoe. Don't call him Dafoe, you know. (laughs) Um, but, like, getting all those people in there, like, I was like, this is gonna be a home run like easily and just did not speak to me where this is much more. And granted, this is coming from the people of dishonored who handle the, this, I don't want to say a similar genre, but much more of the, Hey, approach this narrative at any style or approach this game at any style. And the narrative will adapt to that and play through on that. Um, Arcane does that so well that I am, I just know that I, I have no worries on that. It's mostly, is this game in general just going to speak to me? And so far it is. Um, I haven't had that hook moment that I'm like, oh, I'm in. I'm ready to dump 50 hours into this game. Just beat this game and go back and just run it again and do different things and go and play as Juliana. And, you know, I want to, like, getting to that point where I want to invest in it. And I think Adam's at that point already. Um, So he's definitely at that point. So, like I said, I'd like to get his kind of thoughts on this next week when hopefully I have closer to a playtime as him. Um, like I said, just personal stuff. Haven't had a lot of chance to play, but I'd like to hopefully later this weekend, get in and finally sink some time into it. But anywho, Mike send the button mash before we get really kicking off the show here. If you're new to the show, button mash where we go over our quick hit news stories for the week before we settle in, get talking on some big topics for this week. So kicking off button mash, starting with, of course, 343 Industries. has once again stated Halo 5 won't be heading to PC anytime soon, despite a recent data mine leak suggesting otherwise. 343 stance on the matter comes after the recent NVIDIA GeForce Now leak, which we will talk about, shocker, as our big topic, as you've seen probably in the thumbnail of this or the title. <laughs> the leak that comes of that, which seemed to point to a number of potential PC announcements for various games, including Sony's God of War, Gears of War 6, and Halo 5. Guardians, as fans once again or once again built up hope for a PC port of the 2015 Halo game, community director at 343 Industries Brian Gerard was quick to cla- uh, clarify that 343's stand or clarify 343's stance. He addressed fans on Twitter, explaining that while the studio will never say never, it currently has no plans to bring the game over to PC. Quote, maybe this was for Halo 5 or Halo 5 Forge, Gerard said, but I can confirm that there are no plans to bring Halo 5 to PC. We know there's some demand for it, but as we've stated before, not in the cards as the studio is fully focused on Infinite and MCC. We will never say never, but nothing is underway currently, end quote. 
Deltarune Chapter 2, that is, which is the second entry in the follow-up to Undertale, will be released on both PC and Mac on September 17, 2021 at 5pm Pacific, 8pm Eastern. A short video of Deltarune Chapter 2 was released on Twitter alongside the announcement for, uh, from Undertale's 6th anniversary celebration event, and Deltarune.com has been updated with a few more details regarding safe transfers and more, so head on over to there, check all that out if you're excited about Deltarune. I love Undertale, so I definitely need to play the first chapter of that, but We'll then follow it up with a second, because I'm sure I'll love it. I love Toby Fox's stuff, so. EA has announced that Battlefield... Were you going to say something, Mike? Toby Keith's stuff? Well, I mean, we'll stick a boot in your ass, it's the American way, or some redneck shit like that, you know? <laughs> Anyways, EA has announced that Battlefield 2042 will be delayed until November 19th, 2021 pushing the release date by almost a month after its original October 22nd release date. In a press release, DICE GM Oscar Gabrielson cites ongoing complications with the COVID-19 pandemic. Quote, Given the scale and scope of the game, we had hoped our team would be back in our studio together as we moved towards launch. With the ongoing conditions not allowing that to happen safely, and with all the hard work the teams are doing from home, we feel it important to take the extra time to deliver on the vision of Battlefield 2042 for our players. Battlefield 2042 is EA and DICE's first Battlefield game since 2018's Battlefield 5, and it is the latest game to be hit by a delay in 2021. Next year's Call of Duty game will be a sequel to 2019's Call of Duty Modern Warfare, according to new reports. Industry insider Tom Henderson tweeted that Call of Duty 2022 codename Project Cortez is expected to be a sequel of 2019's Modern Warfare reboot. VGC also reports that Modern Warfare 2 is on the way next year and that it will include a campaign featuring U.S. Special Forces fighting Colombian drug cartels. Project Cortez was part of this week's GeForce Now data mine, with Infinity Ward slated to be the developer. It appears a remake for Destroy All Humans 2 is real and in development. In a now-deleted tweet, PlayStation's official, uh, PlayStation officially announced the Destroy All Humans 2 reprobe, noting that the game will be coming to PlayStation 5, and I'm sure, obviously, Xbox as well. A trailer was also shared in the tweet as well, but mentioned no release date. The end of the trailer also notes that THQ and Black Forest Games are tied to the remake. The latter also developed the remake for the original Destroy All Humans. The tweet has since been deleted ahead of a planned THQ Nordic 10th anniversary livestream set for this week. Following its third round of funding, Splitgate uh, developer 1047 Games has raised $100 million, which the company says will help carry out the studio's long-term vision of revitalizing, uh, revitalizing stale game genres. In a press release, the studio confirmed that its most recent round of funding will help the studio to flesh out its vision for Splitgate as a top-tier AAA competitive shooter and further establish the company as a, quote, leading creative force of distinct and in innovative IP in the gaming space. According to the developer, the additional financial power or firepower granted will help contribute towards its long-term ambition to create a new era of classic games. In doing so, 1047 Games will aim to act as a pioneer in genres that it says will or says have quote currently stalled by implementing quote new takes in well-known globally recognized genres end quote. Techland, the developer behind Dying Light 2, has announced an update on the development process for the game, which has been delayed again until February 2022. 
The studio shared a statement surrounding Dying Light 2 Stay Human on the game's official Twitter account and pointed towards the ambitious nature of this project as one of the main reasons for its delay. Quote, the team is steadily progressing with the production and the game is nearly or nearing the finish line, said Techland CEO Paul Marchuka. Quote, it is by far the biggest and most ambitious project we've ever done. Unfortunately, we've realized for us to bring that game to the level we envision, we need more time to polish and optimize it, he continued, before announcing that the team has decided to move the game's official release date back to February. I feel like this game's been delayed probably 12 times. I mean, it's been, like, talked about since, like, 2016 or something like that. Anyway. Yeah, anyways. And finally, Mike, Randy Pitchford quietly announced a new Brothers in Arms game months ago. And nobody seemed to notice, because I sure as hell didn't notice, because I usually don't really listen to Randy Pitchford. Um, as spotted by Xputer, Pitchford announced that Gearbox is working on a new entry to the Brothers in Arms series during a, pro- a podcast interview with Ted Price of Insomniac Games back in April of this year. While the episode of The Game Maker's Notebook originally aired back in April, news of the announcement has finally been picked up after the podcast was uploaded to YouTube this month. While discussing the larger topic of studio announcements and how these have been timed correctly to avoid uh, sending fans' expectations into overdrive, Pitchford spoke about his preferred method for revealing games using the release of Borderlands 3 as an example before casually announcing a new Brothers in Arms title to reinforce his point. Quote, I didn't announce Borderlands 3 until until like it was a beta or was in beta said Pittsburgh and it sucks because we're working on another brothers in arms game but I'm not saying shit until we have it we have fans that really love that and they're just going to have to suffer for those who would like to listen to the expert it begins around the 53 minute mark of that podcast so go over there Ted Price is awesome of Insomniac Games too so go over there and support that because Insomniac Games is fucking crushing it right now for all our, our PlayStation fans but anyways Mike button mash Anything you want to run back before we head into our big topics for this week? Um, I mean, obviously, it's kind of no shocker that um, Battlefield 2042 is being um, delayed. I will say that it is a little bit of a shame that it is because I do feel like for once in a long time, I've I mean, there's always been pockets of Battlefield fans, Mm -hmm. but I feel like this is the first game that people have seen some footage of and been like, wow, I'm not even a Battlefield fan and I want to give that a, give that a whirl. Mm-hmm. So um, that's obviously a disappointment that, that it is getting backed up. I mean, it's only a month, but with COVID, I'm sure it's going to be longer. And uh, outside of that, nothing really. I mean, Splitgate developer 1047, I will say, again, another 100 milli. Uh, that's a big deal. Kudos to them. They've been working their asses off and they do deserve this. I mean, they've been putting the effort, they've been putting the time in, they've been listening to feedback, they've been adjusting the game accordingly. Um, they've done a fantastic job, and I don't think anyone deserves it any more than they do. So kudos to them. Hopefully they keep working their tail off, and I don't know that it's going to be anything more than a niche shooting game. Like, I mean, let's be honest, it's a, a, a Halo-type game that, that feels a little bit like Halo, but it also includes Portal. Like, you know, it's pretty niche, and... I think this extra hundred hundred million will give them a little bit more room and it might grow as an esport. And as we've seen before, I am a little weary of that because games that focus mostly on the esports end mm-hmm. will unfortunately generally in the past has have struggled. But um you know, that's that's coming from a stance of like using esports to grow as a game. The only game I've really seen that happen for is like League of Legends, but again, um that's that's a case study on just one game. Um 
So I will say, like, I hope that they continue to grow, and I hope that they continue to have casual fans, and I hope that the competitive nature is fostered from that, much like Halo was. Mm-hmm. Um, but once they have that competitive niche, I hope they continue to, to foster both both communities equally. Yeah, and I think there's a good chance for that, especially to, I mean, it, granted, I don't want to say, I'm going to sound like a pompous ass saying this, but like $100 million is a lot. It, that is yeah. a lot. But to some of the biggest esports titles out there, it isn't a lot. Like it, it, it's not it's like a drop in the bucket, right? But at the same time, well, maybe though, not a drop in a bucket. It might be half the bucket, right? But at but at the same time, for an independent developer to get that kind of funding after already doing a stellar round of funding before that and before that, like it it, it really shows that this game is has some teeth to it. I, I don't think it's going to be necessarily this revitalized flash in the pan kind of thing. Like when it first went into beta, that was what, 2019, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Cause it was before MCC came out. Yeah. MCC. I don't even think it was, yeah. I don't even think MCC was necessarily announced yet. No, maybe it was, but it wasn't out yet on PC for sure. And they weren't even doing flighting or anything yet on that. So when this came out, I remember so many people right off the bat jumping in being like, Halo on PC, finally. Okay, yeah, we deal with the portal stuff too. That's It's cool, but you know what? We have Halo mechanics on PC. We have an arena shooter again to play on PC. Cool, awesome. And then it kind of fell off, and like a thousand people were playing it. And But now you look at it, and really, I mean, this thing has been cooking now for, what, three or four months now again? Like really mm-hmm. steadily cooking that... Usually you see if it's going to be a really flash in the pan, you're going to get about two months, I would say most. And then it kind of dies off. But really, I think with, and it might be heavily influenced by what 343 is doing with Halo, what, you know, and that's both MCC and um, Infinite coming up. But on top of that too, I think, Finding this niche, uh, this niche base audience that they have was really important. On top of that, though, I think too with the way that the battle pass and getting experience and everything like that's really going to go with multiplayer in Halo that we were kind of hesitant about. Obviously, um, I think the way that they're handling that is with hey you get in you're making experience on everything there's tons of challenges to do you could do them if you want if not you're still going to be making experience off of everything you do in this game for a free battle pass but also if you want to do a paid one too it's there yada yada like it's really i think what they're doing right now is really fostering a community the right way um and i think that i i really think that this has the chance to be something special um if this continues really past like a six month mark, I think we'll see this game really hang around for quite a while. And obviously if you're getting funding at the hundred plus million mark alone for a free to play game, that was independent game that was, you know, started up by a handful of early college grads, like you're on to something, you're on to something right to see, especially a revitalized, you know, approach to this game after, going into beta and really kind of shooting off and falling flat for well over a year and a half to then really start knocking it out of the park. So really happy for those guys and really hoping it's just nothing but 
you know, good times to come and success. Because I, I really think 1047, for what they have, really, really could be something special, like you were saying, that really leans into both a competitive and casual end really well. So, kudos to them. I'm excited to see what they do moving forward. So, that being said, Mike, we touched on a little bit earlier in Button Mash right at the top, but let's talk about our big topics. And of course, the first one being those GeForce Now leaks <laughs> that came out. Um, like I said, we talked on, or we touched on it really briefly with um, 343 saying Halo 5 wasn't coming to PC because that was included in the leak. So, there's some discussion around, I don't want to say the validity of the leak because NVIDIA did confirm that it's kind of a real thing, but they also start talking, you know, some of the stuff is speculatory. It's a whole ball of wax. So I kind of want to jump into it, get your thoughts on it, get my thoughts on it, talk this thing out, and just kind of see what's going on. So NVIDIA confirms leaked GeForce Now. GeForce Now list is real, but claims games are speculative. This comes from Chris Scullion over on VGC. As always, link in the description. NVIDIA has played down a recent data mine that appeared to reveal a number of unannounced games this week, including a Steam version of God of War and Gears 6. In a blog post in the company video posted on Monday, developer Igor July documented how he was able to access the database for NVIDIA's streaming service. It included a list of titles compiled by SteamDB founder Pavel Dundick, I believe. <laughs> featuring unannounced games like Final Fantasy IX Remake, Bioshock RTX Remaster, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Halo 5 PC, Grand Theft Auto Trilogy Remasters, Crisis 4, Half-Life 2 Remastered, Injustice 3, and more. NVIDIA has since confirmed that the list is real and claims that it, only used for, it was only used for internal testing and that the game's list don't necessarily exist. Quote, NVIDIA is aware of an unauthorized published game list with both released and or speculative titles used only for internal tracking and testing, a company spokesperson told WCCF Tech. Quote, inclusion on the list is neither confirmation nor an announcement of any game. NVIDIA took immediate action to remove access to the list. No confidential game builds or personal information were exposed. The games list listed on the GeForce Now database include God of War, Returnal, and Demon Souls for PC, GTA 3, Vice City, and San Andreas Remasters, which we talked about before, unannounced Xbox projects via codename, which included Contraband, I believe, as well. Um, I can't remember what the project name was. I'll, I'll dig that up when I'm done with this, but um, one of the, the games that was announced uh, during uh, the E3 showcase this year. Uh, Fight for Middle-Earth and Injustice 3 Gods Will Fall, uh, Human, Fall Human Fall Flat 2, Total War 9, Helldivers 2, Halo 5 Guardians uh, for PC, Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled for PC, Bioshock 2022, Final Fantasy 7 Remake for PC, obviously Final Fantasy 9 Remake that we stated earlier, um, Bayonetta 3 for PC, Crisis 4, Kingdom Hearts 4, and more. While much of this list could have been made up of placeholder titles and titles that may actually not see the light of day, VGC first reported last year that a Resident Evil 4 remake has been in development since 2018. While VGC sources have also corroborated reports that GTA remasters are in development. According to Windows Central, many of the Microsoft codenames mentioned on the NVIDIA database are related to actual projects, some of which have already been announced as real games, such as Playgrounds Fable Reboot. 
It also claims that GeForce Now has played a prominent role in game development through the COVID-19 pandemic, providing remote access in work-from-home environments, which could explain why work-in-progress titles would be listed on the service. Unlike most of the titles on the list, God of War is specifically listed for release on Steam. PS5 games Returnal and Demon's Souls are also on the list, for example, but unlike God of War, they are not attributed to a distribution platform. A PC version of God of War would seem like one of the safer bets, with Sony having recently acquired Nexus uh, software to help bring its games to PC. The publisher released Horizon Zero Dawn for PC in August of 2020, and Days Gone for PC in May of 2021. It also announced last week that Uncharted 4, Thief's End, and its standalone expansion, Uncharted The Lost Legacy, are getting PS5 and PC remasters, and unveiled God of War sequel, God of War Ragnarok. So, while... NVIDIA obviously stayed, yeah, some of these titles are speculative, this is what we're going off of, yada yada, which, to a degree, is definitely accurate, like we saw with 343 and the Halo 5 PC port, which I do believe, hey, we're not doing this right now, they aren't playing, yada yada, but I wouldn't say necessarily that this is something that couldn't possibly come down the line to the Master Chief Collection or something like that, um, but a lot of the more speculative titles do kind of have some weight to them, especially when it comes to, like the article said, some of Sony's exclusives that have slowly been making their way to PC over the past year or so. That's also really not to mention that the fact that some of these titles are blatantly obvious that will either happen or definitely coming to PC, specifically Xbox first-party titles like Fable, Contraband, stuff like that, as they were always planned for PC anyway. So I kind of want to talk about how speculative do you think this list really could be Mike. So like, where do we stand looking at this list? Do you think, you know, a lot of the bigger spicier, let's call them titles, hold weight, like the next Bioshock, Bioshock with the date of 2022, a Final Fantasy IX remake after we don't even have part two of the Final Fantasy VII remake and games like Titanfall 3. So where do kind of all of this fall? Um, you know, where do you see this shaking out? Do you think this list has a little more validity than NVIDIA really wants to, I think, let on to its, you know, fan base and consumers too. Yeah, this is a, a, a kind of surprising. I mean, most of this is like stuff that you would kind of expect, I guess. I mean, Halo 5 Guardians, people have been clamoring for that on PC, even though we talked about in Button Mash how it's being dis discredited. Um, a lot of this stuff are games that people were hoping for. Um Injustice 3, Gods Will Fall, is pretty crazy. Um, obviously, NVIDIA probably wouldn't want this stuff to come out. Uh, GTA 3, Vice City, and San Andreas Remasters, we knew that was coming, kind of. Like, most of this stuff is pretty much straightforward, like we could kind of expected it. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure it's more of a concern for the company that the data mine was, was done and that this information was given up. And while data mining is something that's becoming increasingly popular, and it's actually very popular, um, for me, I'm, I'm kind of in this weird situation um, where I, I'm not quite sure what 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 to how to feel about it. Because mm -hmm. on one hand, I'm excited that some of this information was data mined because it, it causes excitement, like a Final Fantasy IX remake, Titanfall three, a new Bioshock date, like. Mm -hmm this information is is very cool and i'm excited to get it but at the same time i kind of feel for the creators because i feel like i feel like you know they probably feel like they're being undercut right um they want to share this information appropriately they want to 
be the ones to share this at, on their own time frame because now let's say rockstar or whoever's working on the remaster of gta like they're not going to be ready for four years yet but you're being told that it's coming right mm-hmm. so it's definitely strange or concerning in that regard mm-hmm. because you will be taking away the possibility for these guys to be able to share their own information mm-hmm. But I am I am excited about it. Um, so it's the old like catch twenty two thing. Like on one hand, I'm excited, and on the other hand, I'm a little sad for these creators that you know Nvidia had had let this happen. And as far as data mining is concerned, again, it is a little shitty, <laughs> but also it's kind of cool because it does kind of expose things that. Let's be honest. Like some of the stuff that's been data mined, and this is specifically when it comes to like i have some guys and some people that i follow on twitter that are really into apex Mm -hmm. and a lot of the balance changes are being exposed before it even happens so like that stuff is kind of cool because there are games valorant being one of them Mm -hmm. there's a a million halo 5 um was the biggest game in my mind that like i just quit because i couldn't take the imbalances that if i knew Two months from now, they're going to make balance changes. Can you grit it out for two more months? Would I grit it out? Probably. Like, would I suck it up and play some? Sure. Um, Would I take it so seriously? Absolutely not. Not until the balance changes are done. Because if you know that there are imbalances in your game, but it's going to take you two months to patch it. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, I'm not a coder, so I don't understand that. I don't understand everything that goes into it. But if you know that there are imbalances that need adjusted, a two month wait really isn't reasonable to me. Um, so in that sense, like data mining is kind of cool, but at the same time, I do understand these companies are going to be frustrated and a video obviously doesn't, doesn't like it either. And they don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it but is... I am excited for the list. Cause the list is really cool. Like crash team raging on PC, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else that's coming out on PC, that's all super, super awesome stuff, but I wish they would have been able to share it with us themselves if they if they were gonna. Right, yeah. And and obviously too, there is some of this. Like I, I believe to an extent some of this is speculative. Like I totally mm-hmm. do. Like some of this stuff is, hey, we think this is gonna happen, we wanna have a placeholder, or hey, we wanna test out some stuff, we're just gonna put some games in. But also at the same time, like you could put release games in there too, if you wanna test stuff or you could put in you know just placeholder names that aren't necessarily games that are being released like a lot of these games now some of them i am a little like eh, like it had uh mario plus rabbits king of battle coming out on pc and it's like okay that i can see not happening because already alone like they're not gonna nintendo isn't gonna want to see mario on another platform as it is like i i'm pretty sure the sequel is not coming to pc x or uh ps4 or or ps5 i guess now at this point in xbox consoles i mean like when they announced that it wasn't you know i'm pretty sure mario rabbits to let me just double check so i'm not sounding like a complete ass yeah it's not it's only coming out on switch so yeah um sparks i hope that's what's called but the first one alone already to let ubisoft develop that wholly and i mean i'm sure nintendo also had you know supervisory supervisory rights over mario while doing that they're not going to want that on any kind of competitor's platform they want 
your reason to play Mario to be their, you know, system and software. So, like, some of this stuff I I do think is, yes, very speculative, but the majority of this isn't far-fetched stuff. So, to me, like, eh, like some of these things, like Final Fantasy IX Remake, I don't think that's necessarily out, out there by any means, considering we got a Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is one of the most beloved Final Fantasy games out there. Final Fantasy IX is not far behind that. So, I could see that happening. Now, is this one of those things, hey, we're starting on this now, and it's going to, like, we're in early development or pre-production or something like that? Maybe. But to look at this list, like, a Bioshock RTX remaster, no, that's not that far-fetched at all, because we've already gotten Bioshock remasters already, so Mm -hmm. going back in there and implying, you know, cleaning it up to be able to implement, you know, the RTX features in NVIDIA's cards, like, yeah, that's <laughs> I could see that definitely happening. The RE4 remake that we've been hearing about now for, you know, in an unofficial capacity for like a year, you know, yeah, I fully envision that coming. Coming, but like some of the other ones like Bayonetta 3 for PC, eh, I think that's just going to be a Nintendo exclusive for quite a while, but could be. You never you never know 2 years from now or something like that. Well, I mean, Bandit 3 was fucking revealed in 2017, and we haven't heard about it since then, so who the fuck knows when that game's coming out. But point being, we may see that down the road or something like that, but some of these, eh, it is up in the air, but to me, the vast majority of this list is a little... I could see a lot of them. Um, so I guess the question I kind of have is, like, do you feel like because there might be a few fictitious ones that you can throw the whole list out? Because no. why would a data miner just throw in extra shit is it like is it well i think themselves like well i think i think more or less it's probably there's probably to a degree a level of nvidia trying to cover their ass a little bit um because they fully probably like i don't have an issue it's one of those things that from when i'm looking at this from more of a journalistic standpoint like for example i always go back to the example of Jason Schreier and Bethesda when Fallout 4 was, le- I want to say, quote unquote, leaked. But when mm-hmm. they when he had a source that f- had access to the script of Fallout 4, an earlier script of Fallout 4, and found out that it wasn't and they were uh, he was able to give a report that it was taking place in Boston, that he can confirm that that's happening. And Bethesda got you know, they, they haven't come out and said it, but they basically blacklisted them. And mm-hmm. it's one of those things that's like, and I kind of put data mining in that same regard where, you know, I, I get, I get being like, fuck that pisses us off. We wanted to control the message on this, yada, yada. But you, I look at it from, you know, Jason's standpoint of, well, his job is to report the news to his readers and his viewers or, you know, whatever you want to call it, the people who, you know, uh, consume his content or, you know, his work, his job, his journalistic, you know, approach is to report news on what's going on in the video game industry. And that is a huge source because at that point, Fallout 4 wasn't even acknowledged to be an actual thing, though everyone fucking knew that Fallout 4 was happening. Um, So him saying that, you know, I get what, I get Bethesda being pissed at that or being like, ah, oh, that's shitty. 
but he's doing his job. He's not doing it out of spite. He's not, he's just, hey, we found out through this, through these sources that can be trusted for this and that, that here's a report that I have that Fallout 4 is taking place in Boston. And it did. And they came out and then showed, you know, it was with Boston and they blacklisted Kotaku for quite a while. And I don't know if they are now that Jason's gone or whatever. I would imagine they probably still are. Um, but even then, it's like, that's where I look at this and I say, okay, well, granted, this is somebody who has, I think, I think it was a, or no, it was a developer. So it's, it's hard to say, but I think more or less from the question you're asking, I think it's more NVIDIA saying like, you know what, while we're putting this stuff in maybe to save our own ass, let's throw in some that are kind of wild. So then we can't say, oh, it's speculatory. You know, you can't take this list completely to heart. We're just thinking some of these games may be coming in to kind of, you know, cover their ass. Like I'm saying, the Mario one, the, um, you know, maybe Bayonetta 4, like things like that. Some of these that are like, eh, that I don't see those happening. Like there was a, uh, let me see if I can find it really quick. Cause there was a complete list on Reddit. Yeah, here we go. So looking at the definitive quote unquote list that they had out that somebody compiled of all of this, like some of these are really obvious that these are going to happen. Gear six, um, fable contraband, uh, Forza, uh, there's supposedly an untitled game from the initiative, even though that's probably perfect dark, a first party Xbox game, halo five guardians, which we said like, or they may say, Oh, it's not going to happen, but it very it's well it's it's going to eventually happen when there's an update to mcc eventually it's going to because they're eventually going to add it because they want to keep they're going to eventually want to keep all the legacy content for halo in one specific spot and it's eventually going to just happen at this point uh, not saying i do believe them when they say hey right now it's not necessarily happening but it could <laughs> it very well could um avowed um so like those are all titles that they're first party Xbox titles. So they're obviously coming to PC, but then you look at, you know, some of these ones that, like I said, could be put into there to, you know, throw some people off. Um, uh, where was it? There was a couple on here that were like, eh, that doesn't really make any sense. Like, yeah, like metal gear solid two and three HD, like they're not necessarily going to be coming there because they're specifically on GOG. Like they're not coming to steam. They're not going to be able to come through there. Um, like a half-life two remaster. Like I could see that like stuff like that makes sense, but then there are a few in there that are kind of thrown in to be like, eh, you know, I don't know about that. Like, I think it's in that regard. I think it is more so, Hey, we're just trying to cover our own ass. Like, I do think Titanfall 3, with the success that Titanfall 2 has seen now, like, years later, and how popular that game has become because of Apex Legends, and now people clamoring for another Fallout, or Titanfall, knowing how fucking amazing not only the multiplayer was for Titanfall 2, but how Titanfall 2's campaign is one of the best shooter campaigns ever, like... There is clamor for that. I definitely think a Titanfall 3 is in development, 100%. Maybe not right this second, but in pre-production, like, I fully believe that. Um, but I, I think the validity of this list is pretty high. Like, I don't... 
nothing on here necessarily makes me go, yeah, right, never. And it's like, I could, yeah, I could see all of these. Like, I could definitely see Sony has been very vocal of we're, you know, we're eventually like we're starting to support PC. We're, we acquired the studio specifically to do that. Yeah, I could see their stuff continuing to come here. God of War is one of the most popular games in, you know, of last generation. Of course they want to bring it to PC because more people will fucking play it. Demon Souls remake. Like, Souls games are completely and utterly, like, pop. Like, they're at home on PC. Like, of course they're going to try to bring the remake of one of, or the original Souls game, like, to PC. Of course they are. Like, it just is very much, to me, this is very much like, shit, we're trying to cover our ass. And I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, down the road, we see, you know, more of these kind of, quote unquote, like, leaks come out of, like, I I just don't think this is necessarily, I, I just don't think this is throwing shit against the wall. I think this is, I think this is, you think more, it's a more valid list than the HCS top 25? <laughs> Hold that thought. Actually, <laughs> we could kick it into there now, actually, since we're going to talk about Halo. So before we get into our next topic, I, I no, go ahead. I want you to lean into that a little bit because I, I do want to. I do think, yes, this is, if you want to ask me, yes, this list is much more valid than that. For the sole fact that you don't have one of the Ogre Twins in the top 10 and the goat Walshy is at number eight. Yeah. I, I want you to go. I mean, right. How do you really feel about it? Walshy isn't Walshy. Actually, isn't no, I, I don't want to, I don't want to necessarily hear you fully. It, it, well, I guess he's, I think he's one of, he's my goat, but in terms of if you're putting a top 25 list together and he's not in the top five, at least minimum, yeah. bare minimum, like, yeah. But ogre one being 11th, him being eighth, uh, Lunchbox being ninth and Roy just came in at seventh. Mm-hmm. It's just such a travesty, and not like not to hold anything against Snakebite and Royal too, because that's who's going to wind up ahead of them. But they didn't even come on the scene until like Halo Reach. Like they played Halo Three and placed relatively decently. Don't get me wrong, but they didn't start until Reach, and they're like, it's just crazy to me that they're going to rank those two ahead of Roy and and Walshy especially like. The reason why Roy's going to be ahead of lunch is because Roy's just, he's a legend. Puckett said that he would, they would always just say the best BR, the most steady BR, the most consistent battle rifle in Halo. Like He would just had the best shot. He never missed. It seemed like mm-hmm. they used to call him Roy. Bor- they started calling him Roy Borg for a reason because it was like you were coming up against the fucking Terminator. He just doesn't miss. And like those types of people aren't in the top five for Snakebite and Royal two is just kind of crazy to me. And, as far as I'm concerned, the list doesn't exist because it's so dog shit that I don't I'm not even going to give it credence. I'm done looking at the tweets. The only thing I'll do is I'll go on YouTube because Muggsy is putting some great oh, dude, uh, those videos, videos are fucking amazing. They're high quality. So I will go on YouTube and look at his videos, but I won't look on Twitter because it's it's clear to me that like with Ogre one at 11. I mean, <clears throat> Ogre one at 11 is kind of crazy because like what? 34 events in a row. He placed in the top two. Mm-hmm. But while she won one was victorious nine events in a row during halo two like if he's not top five it doesn't like just throw the list away it doesn't matter do you think do you think there's potentially some bias there because for the most part 
they that generation didn't support 343's titles. Maybe because because I've seen like that a, brought up a few times. And the I, judges are like some old heads, which is what's confusing to me because mm-hmm. some of the judges have been around for a while. It's just weird to me. I would say I don't know that there is a I don't know if that's what's going on here mm-hmm. or if they're purposely impression farming for clout. Like I True. think, I think it's a 100% impression farming. Like I think the ogre one ranking was like, I think they fucked up because what they did is they took an aggregate mm-hmm. of all the judges ratings. I think they fucked up and too many judges were like, Trollalo, I'm going to put these people in dumb spots. And then when the list came out, I'm sure the judges are at home right now thinking like, Jesus Christ, like why the fuck did I do that? I'm a moron. Like that's so <laughs> dumb. And I, I, I do 100% think, like, they thought Ogre 1 was going to wind up in 8th place, and that would have been, like, egregious, and that would have had people up in arms. And then if Walshie was in 7th or 6th, like, that probably would have had p- people up in arms. But to the point where it's at now is just so fraudulent, and it's it's so clear that they were impression farming, and it's just hurt the legitimacy from my point of view. Like, I was already pretty skeptical of, of 343 and HCS, but at this point in time, like, I just have no faith in them because, like, if this is what they're doing with the top 25 lists to try to gain impressions, to try to gain, whether it be, sp- whatever they're using the impression numbers for, mm-hmm. whether it's to leverage a spawn, whatever the fuck the answer is, like, they're just like, because Walshie will go back and do freelance commentary work mm-hmm. all the time for them. Like, Ogre One is is in the process of trying to move back to the States because he's lived in Australia. And he has, like, shown interest in getting involved again um you have adam apicella who is currently running the tournaments for 343 at esports engine pretty much commenting on every ranking saying like how bad it is like it's just a bad look all the way around it's the most unprofessional thing i've ever seen from from an organization well maybe not that might be a bit far but like as far as just not blatantly being racist or bigoted like just thinking like he he we're gonna troll a little bit like it's just so out of hand at this point like too yeah, many okay. judges got the troll mo- notion and not like the let's take the serious notion yeah i think there was too much i mean if you're going for a legacy top 25 with halo and like and rightfully i i understand like you just can't pretend the first three don't exist which right, is what and, they're doing right and that's what that's where I get like because little... T two was seventeenth, like right. Tom Taylor T squared, like the original eleventh like, was... is probably good, right? But he was the original like, how do I want to refer to it? not superstar, but he was. I mean, Walsh he was, but he was the guy that was on MTV True Life. Like, I'm but a that's what I mean. Gamer, he, I like... don't want I don't want to say he was the biggest superstar, but he was like one of the first faces. Like where you think about you think about esports, you kind of knew who. You heard like, and then he was on G4 TV. Yeah. He was almost like the Kleenex of, Mm -hmm. of like, when you think of tissues, you think Kleenex, like he was one of the the first people like T squared was where you saw him on MTV, you know, true life. I'm a professional gamer, like stuff like that. And then Walshie too, obviously he was the first, I think, superstar really of Halo, but Mm -hmm. like to not, that's where I definitely agree with you that I think there's not as much emphasis on the majority of the history of this franchise compared to a more recency bias. And I, I just don't think that's necessary. There were people that 
they put Excel spreadsheets together that had all the placings available. Mm-hmm. You have two players in, in Ogre 2 and Ogre 3. Uh, Ogre 2 and Ogre 3, sorry. Ogre 2 and Walshy. I am the third who, Ogre twin. <laughs> there is a third Ogre twin, and he's their older brother, and he used to coach for them. But long story short, <laughs> Walshy and Ogre 2, Ogre 1, Ogre 1 had an average placing of like 2.4, and Walshy had a play, average placing of 3. And you're talking about players who went to a lot of events. And I think Walshy at Providence 11, which was a reach event that I went to, he only placed like 12. Mm-hmm. And that would normally hurt your average pretty bad. But he had played in so many tournaments and placed so high, it didn't even really affect it. Yeah. So you have people that have been going, to, that went to events for literally 10, like Ogre 1 did quit a little early for most people. And most people don't even know that like in the beginning of of, of Halo 2, Ogre 2 was the objective player and Ogre 1 was the slayer because Ogre 1 was just by like far and away the best player that you've ever seen play. Like he was just so much better than everyone else. And then towards the end of Halo 2, he started to fall off a little bit when Tom started hitting his stride. So they swapped roles. So most people remember Ogre 1 the OBJ, not Ogre 1 the slayer. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget like this doesn't take this doesn't matter for the ranking. But Adam Apicella posted a, a tweet about it and he was like they're they're whenever um ogre one uh got announced that he was in the 11th place adam apicella who by the way ran every cod event for a very long time also said the top five gamers that he's ever seen talent wise were ogre one like in no particular order was like ogre one ogre two um pistola walshy and someone else which are all halo players (laughs) and he also said that like just like when the ogre twins were like wanted to win you weren't going to stop them they were just so much better than you they would adapt better than you they would shit talk better than you and then he also told a story about whenever boost gaming was a sponsor of mlg which they were for a little bit especially when they were on usa network the boost gaming booth had a foosball table and this is like legendary stuff that like has happened even in college and stuff like when they were in college, Mm -hmm. but the ogre twins, he said the ogre twins sat there for about five hours, not saying a word to either one. Like they didn't say a word back and forth, but they beat every team of two that challenged them for five hours straight. Like they weren't even scored on because (laughs) they were that good at foosball together. And it's just like, there's just stuff like that, that like clearly three, four, three and the judges, like I said, they had to be trolling because there's old heads in there. I have no clue like what they said that they were b- judging based off of event placings and things of that nature. But there's just no you can't sell me that when people are exposing these these lists of Excel spreadsheets showing just how ridiculous their stats are mm-hmm. as far as tournament placings. And they're not even in the top five. Yeah. Like whoever's in the top five, it's going to be Ogre 2, Lethal. They're going to probably put Lethal 1 over Ogre 2, which will be like it. That'll be catastrophic because like <laughs> no offense to Tony, Le- Lethal is very good. But, I mean, to put someone over Ogre 2 who won a national championship in Halo 2, Halo 3, and Halo Reach, played on an instinct team with, oh, by the way, Lunchbox, Roy, and Pistola, who at Columbus 2011 didn't drop a single fucking game in the tournament, went like 42-0, and didn't lose a single game. Like, think about it. You go to a tournament with 256 other teams, and you don't lose a fucking game. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah, they only played in pro bracket, but that's the kind of shit that Ogre Ogre 2 was a part of his entire career. I mean, yeah, he had some struggles in H3, whatever, but that's the type of guy that 
that you know is on your team and, and right. lunch and roy are no exception but i went off on a tangent long enough we can get into the next thing because <laughs> uh three for three is on my shit list you're in the doghouse <laughs> literally but yes i i agree with you it's it's been a fucking roller coaster of emotions and not in a good way <laughs> by any means anyways uh mike let's head into our final news story for this week Speaking of Halo, like I was saying, Halo MCC seasonal updates are changing as 343 focuses on Halo Infinite. This comes from Eddie Makuk over on GameSpot, as always, link in the description. Microsoft is scaling back its support for the Halo, or Halo the Master Chief Collection, announcing that the upcoming Season 8 launch will be the final new season of 2021, as 343 shifts its focus to Halo Infinite. That being said, 343 still has lots of new content planned for MCC in the future, including potentially new content for Halo 2. In a blog post, 343 said the remainder of 2021 will be a wild one for 343 with the launch of Halo Infinite coming up on December 8th. There are separate teams working on Infinite and MCC, but there are some shared areas like service support and community management. As such, 343 is understandably focusing more on its attention on Infinite. Quote, it's important to us that we position MCC's eighth season for success, but also help alleviate any conflicts that could, that could take away from the studio's focus on Halo Infinite's launch. To that end, season eight's release later this fall will be our last official MCC update of this calendar year. Suffice it to say uh, that we're going to finish the year on a high note with a jam-packed season that's actually swelled in some regards as pieces, uh, pieces once earmarked for later this year were pulled to clear the landing zone for Halo Infinite. 343 said it already had, quote, a lot of conversations about the best way to continue to support MCC when Halo Infinite launches. Releasing seasonal updates for two games at the same time doesn't make sense for the studio. Quote, one, we have we have more uh, MCC work to do and will con uh, support will continue. And two, as a studio, it's not ideal to run and continue shipping seasonal updates for two different multiplayer titles concurrently. So we will, or while we very much will have more updates coming, including more content fixes and features, the manner in which uh, they are delivered is expected to shift. Beginning in 2022, MCC will move away from the seasonal mode and shift to more smaller updates. Quote, these updates will continue to be free and will include the unreleased features and content from this year, as well as a continued effort to improve stability and tackle legacy fixes where possible. We still have a lot of goodness to deliver in 2022, 343 said. This likely brings up a lot of questions, namely what this means uh, for challenges, season points, the exchange, and all other specific aspects that have come to make up a typical MCC season. We're working through more detailed plans for the future of MCC and look forward to sharing more in info early next year. In the meantime, we're focusing on finalizing Season 8 to ensure we give you an amazing uh, release to cap off the year for MCC 343 added. MCC could get uh, even more DLC maps in 2022, it seems. The developer said in the blog post that there are more maps that would uh, they would like to evaluate and consider for release in the game for Halo 3 and other titles. The, release, uh, the recent DLC maps for Halo 3 and MCC came from Halo Online, the ca uh, canceled free-to-play Halo game for Russia. The latest one is Icebox, a remake of Halo 2's Turf, which is scheduled uh, to release in Season 8. Quote, we all are always thinking about what to add to Halo MCC, and the list never seems to end. The team loves these games, and we hear your requests and feedback. The question is, if we wanted to add new content, which game do we want to add it to? We hear some players out there are looking for more Halo 2 content, for example. Designer, uh, design director uh, Max Slager uh, teased. 
343 recently wrapped up a beta test for MCC Season 8, uh, so an official release date might be announced soon. As for Infinite, after a year-long delay, it is scheduled for release on December 8th. The multiplayer is a free standalone game, while the campaign is included with Xbox Game Pass. So, while I think many were expecting support for MCC to taper off a bit once Halo Infinite launches, I personally got the indication that, you know, MCC would still have a pretty strong support post-Infinite with how open 343 has been to supporting all pockets of their community. And it's good to see that they actually are. Say, hey, we're going to at least still continue content. You know, hopefully it sounds like we're going to get some Halo 2 content in there as well, but it's not meaning the end of support for MCC in general, just that the structure is going to be a little different. So for, I guess, really, you know, the longevity of Infinite, it seems pretty obvious that they need to obviously focus on that game and provide it with the best possible foundation moving forward for really the longevity of this franchise even. So does this move make sense, Mike? You know, like I said, it's obvious that the focus needs to be on Infinite for making sure this game is set long-term, but does 343 really have the bandwidth to support both titles considering how many, you know, hundreds of people they have employed at the studio? Yeah, I I think for me as a Halo 2 fan, um, it's a little bit unfortunate because I feel like we haven't gotten a lot of Halo 2 content from this. Um, I was under the impression also that like, MCC's development team was completely separate from Halo Infinite's development team. So I don't see what the point is of discontinuing support for one when they're not supposed to have any effect on the other, <laughs> I guess, is the thing that's uh, confusing. Um, I mean, based on the money they spent on Infinite, why wouldn't they be able to pay a team to continue to work on MCC? It's still not perfect. <laughs> and is it ever going to be perfect? Probably not, but you would like to think they would give it a shot and try to make it so it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of on brand for 343, unfortunately. It seems like every move they decide, we call it three steps forward, four steps back industries. Like, this three steps forward, four <laughs> steps back all the time with this with this industry. And between this list, which kind of has nothing to do with the development studio as a whole, and I understand that, and, um, you know, with... Uh, I have nothing. I have nothing nice to say. So I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna end it with. Um, I really hope that they release some Halo Two content because the Halo Two content that the avail- that is available or lack thereof is a shame. And that's a game that like has gotten no love, and they're just like, oh, we're done. Why wouldn't you want to support Halo Two? I don't get it. Yeah, and because I mean, Halo Two is one of the more popular game modes to play or games to play in the collection. I mean, you see a ton of people still playing Halo Two. Granted, Halo Three probably being the most popular out of all. Um, while playing them. So it's understandable that Halo 3 is getting the support um, primarily on there with new content and different things like that coming. But I mean, if you ask me, the sole fact that they've been putting in Halo Online maps into there to me shows that, yeah, this is going to be like, that to me shows that there is a commitment to this platform, really. Um for the sole fact that we're getting an unreleased, canceled, you know, content from an unreleased, canceled Russian game, free-to-play version of Halo that you and I both played back in the day that is now making its way into the official standalone, or the official version of, you know, Halo 3 on PC is pretty impressive, um, to me at least. But 
that's from a content standpoint, but I hope that, like I said, I hope that to me, it's almost like Resident Evil, where we've talked about this before, that we both believe, yes, there is enough bandwidth at, Cam or at Capcom, and this franchise has enough bandwidth that they can support both, hey, remasters, then remakes, like RE2 remake, RE3 remake, and now the long-rumored RE4 remake, those can go out there and do their thing. While they also can have, a, you know, RE7 and RE8 Village, like, you can have these both out there as you have your third-person over-the-shoulder versions of Resident Evil. And you also have the new, you know, trend that's going with, hey, here's your first-person, uh, you know, Resident Evil experience that is leaning more into modern horror, you know, horror games. Like, both of those are acceptable to get, and both of those are able to stand on their own because that franchise has the bandwidth to do it. The The franchise is big enough to do that. And I think Halo is much, very much at that point where they're in a really unique spot that they can continue supporting MCC because there is a fan base for that, a pretty dedicated fan base for that. And they can also continue to support Infinite. Yes, should there be scalability between those two where Infinite very much so is getting more focus right now as it's about to come off and we'll probably you know obviously primarily get the focus moving forward yeah and that makes sense to me you know i get that because they want their new game to go off on the best possible foot and like we both have been saying pretty much this is their shot to do it and they need this to just fucking knock they need to knock this out of the park period um anything short of that if you ask me is a failure for the most part at least long term but, and Halo's not going anywhere because it's Microsoft's flagship franchise for, for the foreseeable future. I don't, we're never not going to get Halo games. But point being, I definitely think that there's enough, there's enough bandwidth between the two that they still should be able to continue supporting MCC for that dedicated fan base that at least is keeping the legacy content alive. Um, and almost leaning on what we just talked about with the NVIDIA um, leak that, we're seeing more people start, and granted, I'm not one of those, you're not one of those, and probably, you know, a ton of people aren't one of those, but we're seeing more people still gravitate towards Halo 4, and there seems to be talk of, you know, for years now, there's been talk of, hey, when are we going to get Halo 5 on PC? Um, for years, that's always been something I've been hearing, um, and I definitely think that would play well on PC, but, you know, not my cup of tea, not your cup of tea, but, you know, there is... There is a want, there is obviously a continued want for this legacy content, and I definitely think they have the bandwidth to support both in some degree. Clearly, Infinite is going to be the bigger focus long term, but you know what? It's important that we keep getting content for MCC because there's a large portion of your fan base still on there. So I would like to see that continue, um, and I think they have the ability to. Um, I know you said you have nothing safe to say, or nothing necessarily nice to say about it, but. They're just not gonna because they don't want to. Right. And that's and it's, that's, and that's it's not to. that they don't have the resources. It's not that they don't have the team in place. They just don't fucking care. They just want the money. Whatever is gonna make them the most money is what they want. Yeah. No, so I, I understand what you mean by that. So I guess we'll see. <laughs> Mike, before we wrap up the episode, let's head into party chat. If you're new to the show, party chat's where we propose one question at the end of each week of each show that we want to discuss with you. Could be as simple as What's your favorite story beat in the game? What's your favorite game of all time? What do you want to take to a de desert island like we talked about uh, last week? So, which we will get into in a second. Or it could be something a little more different or, and 
deeper, I guess I should say, like what games are important towards bringing up the discussion of mental health and different things like that. So, and after answering it ourselves, we kick it over to you to tweet your responses to the question over on our Twitter at GPGC podcast and read some of the responses the following week. Last week's question, what is your desert island Xbox game? AKA you can take one game from Xbox's history to play with you for the rest of your life on a desert island. What is it and why? And Marcus A emailed into us saying fable. I have far too many great memories of that game growing up to not play it, play it time and time again. Decent answer. So this week's question, Mike, what do you think needs to be a bigger success? We've asked this before, but hearing gear six brought that up and made me think gear six or about the uh, first person, uh, RPG that is very Elder Scrolls-esque that's coming from Obsidian, the game that they've quote-unquote always wanted to make. What do you think needs to be a bigger success? Gear 6 or Avowed from Obsidian? I would say Avowed from Obsidian. Um, Gear 6, whether or not it's a success, it, it will be. It it still has like a, a super loyal cult following like the Gears franchise does. Mm-hmm. I feel like Avowed has the potential to be a game that kind of blows the roof off of xbox uh or off of microsoft's xbox like games like as far as like being one of those games that you point to that you say i'm gonna have to get an xbox now mm-hmm. which is the potentially what's gonna happen with elder scrolls 6 so we'll see what happens but um i, I think avowed from obsidian because gear 6 has some legacy to ride on mm-hmm. even if it releases as a dud if it catches up and and winds up being good after some updates uh it'll still have a ton of support yeah i i definitely i think i think avowed as well um and not in the sense of like oh it if it flops it's you know it's dead it's you know it's lights out for obsidian by no means do i think that's the case i think more or less like you were saying gears has still a very pretty like hungry loyal fan base to a degree um obviously not as big as other esports or anything like that from a i should say from a multiplayer standpoint uh, standpoint but it is very very big internationally specifically in south america and mexico as well um so to me gears is going to be popular because it has those pockets around the world that are diehards with it that are always going to support it um i think a valve definitely for the sake of this is obsidian's chance to really go out and say like i guess to put pressure on the elder scrolls franchise even in my eyes where for the longest time people so many people have been like you know and me including me that there's something about bethesda rpgs that are really it's you know when you're playing one and nobody's been able to necessarily replicate that kind of formula or that feel of those RPGs. We've had tons of first-person, you know, fantasy RPGs come out or post-apocalyptic RPGs come out, but nobody's necessarily really, you know, hit it nail on the head like Bethesda has. Um, and the only person or only team that really ever did was Obsidian with Fallout New Vegas. Granted, they're using all their same tech and everything like that, but, you know letting them drive, you know, take control of that franchise for one game and knock it out of the park and make it, you know, some, a lot of people's uh, most beloved Bethesda quote unquote title, like, you know, now getting to go in the fancy route 
and really since we haven't you know we're going a decade plus now confirmed of a new elder scrolls title you know it's gonna give i i think avowed definitely comes out before elder scrolls 6 so that is going to put you know pressure on bethesda to deliver on that end and that's pressure on both ways because about you know obsidian's gonna look at that and say it's our time to step up and show what we can really do in this space um because there's a lot of successful first person rpgs that are out there fantasy rpgs that are out there like you know kingdom come deliverance as one that comes to mind like this is obsidian's chance to really say well on a large triple a you know first party scale this is you know there can be more than one and now that they're both Microsoft IPs, technically, like, <laughs> you know, what's the real competition? It's like Disney fighting over, you know, having its own IP, IP now in Star Wars and Marvel fight over box office numbers. It's like, well, technically, it doesn't really matter. Same with, like, Avatar being dethroned by, you know, Avengers Endgame. Well, Disney owns Fox and Fox owns Avatar. It's like you're all fighting over the same thing. But I digress. It's it's still, I definitely agree, though, that Avowed is the one that needs to, probably has the bigger emphasis to, and more pressure to knock it out of the park, and quote-unquote needs to be a bigger success. But, Mike, I think that's going to do it for our episode this week. Why don't you tell people where they can find you on the internet to talk about everything we talked about today. Halo Infinite, of course, uh, and things coming to MCC, uh, the GeForce Now leaks, everything we kind of talked about, uh, our early first impressions of Deathloop. Where can people find you on the internet to talk about all that you can find me on twitter at t-o-y-s-x-l-d-i-e-r that's toy soldier and the second o is an x or you can find me on twitch at mp underscore toy soldier nice nice and as always i'm your host travis white aka travelus on most internet platforms including at travelus underscore on twitter that's t-r-a-v-l-e-s-s underscore you can also find me streaming time to time on twitch.tv slash travelus underscore same as twitter and if you want to play some video games with me, you can do so over on Xbox Live at just regular old Travis. That's T-R-A-V-L-E-S-S. And this, ladies and gentlemen, has, of course, been your newest episode of the Game Pass Gamecast, your weekly go-to podcast for all things Xbox, Xbox Game Pass, and PC gaming, including news, rumors, and conversation around them damn good video games. You can catch new episodes of the show when they drop each and every Friday morning on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all other major podcast services. So, be sure to subscribe to us, raise, review us, all that jazz, the whole rigmarole I tell you every week, wherever you get a podcast at, and let us know if we're on a we're not on a platform you currently use. We'll get on there for you. We'll get it on there. And follow us on Twitter at GPGC Podcast to stay up to date with everything regarding the show, video games like, and our dope giveaways. And Mike, it's gonna do it for our episode this week. Thank you everyone so much for listening, sharing, and being a part of our growing community. Game on, wash your hands, listen to doctors, Black Lives Matter, and we will see you next week.